What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is The Way We Ball. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Way We Ball podcast. It's been a minute and it's been my fault. I decided rather than worry about my responsibilities, I'm going to go around the globe to see my favorite football team, Liverpool, beat Chelsea 4-1. And boy, did they do it in a great fashion as well. Brandon, how is everything going back home, back in the Lone Star State? Uh, it was good, man. It was also fun to uh, watch that throttle on television. I was trying to find you because you sent a picture of your seats, and boy, did you have an incredible view. But uh, obviously, it's a little hard to spot you in that sea of people. Yeah, I need to look back. So, no joke, I was it was it was marketed as the fourth row, um, but the first two rows were for um, like disabled folks. So I was literally in the second row of seats. So um, I need to look at the highlights right now and see if I came out. I'm sure. I'm sure we did come out because we were right there when the first like two goals were scored um but it's incredible man like you know i guess this could be like our first topic for the episode people talk about the mls and how far we are i really don't think we're that far like there's a few things that are already like um that are just instilled within folks because the club's been around so long like the whole town knows liverpool's playing today everywhere you go people are wearing red uh, from the shops, cafes, every, like everyone knows there's a, a football or soccer match happening today. We don't have that yet, right? Um, but when it comes to just people being in the stadium, the chanting and all that, I, I honestly don't think MLS is too far off. People like to mock us, but I think we're a few decades away from bringing something similar to the EPL. I think the only thing we need is just differentiated songs. Our, our our beats and our music is the same across every MLS stadium. You know, like they all have like the Dolly Dynamo, their version of it. Like I know LAFC is like black and gold. Everybody does the same thing. That's the only knock I have against American chants. Otherwise, I'm with you. They are up and loud and they cheer. They just don't have creative cheers. I think that's where we have years to come. Yeah, and I think um, the other thing that I really liked about this game or this match and i've noticed it before um the whole crowd gets involved like i feel like we're always yeah. limited to just our supporter section like over here the supporter section starts it off but then the whole crowd will follow suit and we're not there yet i feel like we have a lot of uh casuals that just go watch the game or they want to go take their kids to to you know go experience it but it, like it's crazy i was telling my girlfriend like they don't care about your comfort. The seats suck. They're terrible. <laughs> There's no space at all. The food sucks. Um, get, going in sucks. There's no like. Um, there's no ramps for disabled people. Like it is a terrible experience if you're not a, <laughs> a soccer fan. But those guys, like, they're not there to you know relax. They're not there to have fun. They're there to support their their club. And I, I don't know if the U.S. will ever get that because I feel like we're so spoiled with with all of our sporting um, events. But um, it's pretty wild to see, man. All these like. Kids as young as like five years old, all the way to old folks in their seventies and eighties, roughing literally roughing it out in freezing temperatures just to support their club. So it was great to see. Um, kind of sucks that we're not there yet, but again, I think once the Dynamos start winning and it becomes more um, ingrained into the community, there may be a, a day where we're like that, where we're not complaining about the heat uh, every ten seconds. I mean, if you look at the overall sporting spectrum in America, the closest thing that we have to it is probably college sports. I mean, that's where you're most sure. tribal, where everybody comes together. You overcome kind of 
bad obstacles. Like for instance, I've gone to Kansas University where they play at Allen Fieldhouse and that thing's like a thousand years old, doesn't have heat, doesn't have air conditioning, and they're playing in December in Kansas. Like but yet it's an incredible experience. Nobody cares about that kind of thing, you know? So it it, it is here, but is it an MLS? No, not yet. I do think it can come that way to where nobody cares about the heat anymore. They just care about that club. It's going to take some time, but luckily for us, we have things that are upcoming to help that culture with the uh, with World Cup on the on the horizon. I really think that's going to be a boom and not just it being held in America, but especially in Houston. Like, I think that's a really that's going to be a very nice thing, not only for the Dynamo, but for MLS. Yeah, it's for sure going to be huge for us. Well, Brandon, um, I literally just got back from Anfield like minutes ago, wanted to <laughs> jump on because we didn't record last week and I felt like it'd be important um, to jump on and talk about the latest news that's happened. We've had some news, not the big splash we were all anticipating, but we've had had some news. It's not Antoine Griezmann, um, but it's news, right? So yeah. um, why don't you start it off and, and bring folks up to speed with what's going on? Uh, okay, so we'll first start off with what kind of was the first domino to fall. Uh, Gasper has been traded to Chicago. He was sent off for a third round 2026 super draft pick. Um, a lot of things that I started to look into was his contract. We were paying a lot of money towards his contract, but the Galaxy were holding most of that uh, weight. I think it was like a 60-40 split around that range. Essentially, he had like a 425k contract and we were about half a little bit more. So we didn't clear that full 425, but we cleared enough. Um, the other thing, it's a big hit for us. Caicedo, uh, looks like he's just staying home in South America. seems like he has some family issues and Pat, he alluded to it. It doesn't sound like he's coming back. Uh, I don't, I don't think we're really going to elaborate much on that situation except for it. It just sucks. We hope the best for him and it does hurt our midfield depth. But today we had a, a nice little signing, uh, Jan's gray goose. So Looking into Jans, he is an MLS vet, and you you and I have kind of been banging the drum, especially me, that we want MLS-proven players. The only downfall is he's 33 years old, so he's definitely a vet. But with that 33 years of age, he does have good experience. Uh, he has 12 international games played with Slovakia. Uh, he was a he was with Bolton Wanderers' uh, development team, where he played some big games with that development team as well as a young kid. He has Europa League experience, where he's played with FC Copenhagen. Uh, he was a Minnesota DP. Uh, he's played with Nashville, so he's had seasons MLS. He's had that international background as well, but. What kind of player is he? He's not a goal scorer. So that's not something we can really look for in terms of how he ranks against other midfielders in MLS. He's in the 14th percentile in assists. Like he's not a creative player, quote unquote, when it gets to the box. But he is that player that does everything in the background. Think more kind of like an Artur where he does everything silently that doesn't jump off the page. But if you watch the games, you're like, damn, this guy does a lot. Uh, he's 88th percent uh, uh, passing completion. He's 95th percentile uh, in, in terms of progressive passes. So even though he doesn't have a lot of assists, his passes then lead to goals. And he's one of the best in the MLS at doing that. So it is a nice depth piece, especially with the injury of Ache Ache. He's kind of a very poor man's Ache Ache in the sense that he's a point guard. And that's essentially what we need for this team to be successful, depending on how long he'll be out. And even so, he's good midfield depth, man. I mean, like that's going to add to where we are in terms of with Brooklyn Reigns, um, Seba, in terms of other bench. Those are really those two midfielders that will be coming off. He can be a third option once Ache Ache returns. 
And more than anything, and like I was in, I was inside of uh, of Hanfield when I saw the news, so I haven't really like gotten to look at him or to scout at all. Um, but I do remember him always like destroying Houston. He was like he reminded me of Derek Fisher with the Lakers. Like he was an okay piece until he played the Rockets, and he was like an all star. So um, I don't know what it is about the Dynamo when he plays them, he just shined, and maybe that had something to do with Pat and Ben wanting him. Um, so I am excited. Like I remember. When I first thought about it, I was like, oh, man, really excited because I remember what he did against us driving driving in the Uber home. I was looking at it. I was like, well, he's not he's not as impressive as I thought he was uh, first impression. Um, but I think it was like that. He just shined against us for some reason. So hopefully he'll find some of that back. Maybe he prefers the heat. You never know. So um, <laughs> it, it was a good move. It was a needed move. Our midfield went from our strongest piece, literally, like the blink of an eye to being our biggest need. and. Um, <laughs> And like you said, I mean, you, you made a good metaphor with the first domino falling. I think we're still waiting for some dominoes to fall. I still, it looks like Fedeta's our starter from what we've heard. But if an yep. offer comes up, I don't think Pat's going to turn that down. Same thing with Coco. I think we're still, I think they're still moving that. Um, I, I do know the European transfer market closes today um, or Thursday, excuse me, Thursday European time. So does that i'm guessing that shuts the door for coco going to spain i know that was the rumor circulating um so now if he does get moved i'm guessing mexico or within mls is that what you're thinking as well i honestly think the idea is to hold him until the halfway point of the season until the opening transfer window of europe next year because with ache ache being injured and with us not having much money i think we really needed Seba uh, Ferreira to be sold for us to start to really kind of move Coco because then we'd have enough money to really build out. I think our hands are tied. Pat's alluded to it when he was on Glenn's show. He even said straight up on the news that Seba is going to be our starter for a striker. So we got to get behind that. Um, and then we just don't have much money. Jan's got signed because I think we were able to clear Gasper, to be honest with you. So it, I think this is our squad. Unless something major happens, I don't think that's going to happen. So now we have to buy into the fact of, okay, is this good enough? We were good enough last year with kind of just spotty goal scoring at best. Let's put it that way. Now, if Sebas can actually start to be a legit goal scoring DP striker, this team is a threat again. Like, I, I think we're in such a wait and see moment. We can either be a team that was in the top four. And if we keep the same squad and if we get hit with injury bugs or just bad play or whatever happens, it could also be that flip where MLS happens to so many teams. You're a top four team and then suddenly you're a bottom four team. It, that, I hope to God we aren't that narrative. I'm just, I'm so confused. And again, this is like a whole other episode, but I could have sworn like two years ago, we were talking about Pat cleaning up this roster, the mess that Matt Jordan made. And once he cleaned it up, we were going to have all this cash to spend and all this money to blow. And it's like, it never happened. Like he like slowly flipped it over, but we never had that huge signing. And I, I honestly feel like in the blink of an eye, we went from anticipating a ton of money to having no money. And at the same time, you have clubs like Miami still signing big names. Um, I forgot who else just signed a big name as well. Like LA still making key signings. Like it's like, we're always trying to play catch up. And then you have these teams who are always spending big, still spending big. And it's just so confusing to me. And it's like, when does it stop? You know, like when, <laughs> when do we get our break? Yeah, it's kind of like, when do we get to join in the fun and have these big signings as well? Like, wetting our beak with Hector was such a blessing and a curse because it was great to have him, and my God, do I love him. But now it's 
a little bit of what we expect, especially with Messi rolling in. Like, there's so many things, you're right, where it just feels I, – I think this offseason we all had unrealistic expectations in hindsight. I don't think we realized how much money was actually tied up. I think we it would, we thought it would be easier to sell Coco and Sebus than it really was. But now I'm starting to buy into just what what does this team look like? What are the pieces without Ache Ache and putting in uh, Jans? Like, does that cut into Seba and also Brooklyn Reigns coming in off the bench? Because they talked about Brooklyn getting some playing time. So now this is really a test of Benny Ball. Like, here's the one thing that happens. If Ben Olsen takes this team and makes them a threat and a legit contender – we are going to have more faith than the Miami Heat culture. Like I'm going to be so bought in if Ben makes this team what we wore like towards the end of the season last year. Yeah, if he if he continues play, off the build off of last year, like you have to give him all the credit despite all of the movement and and everything that's happened. And um, based on paper, I mean, just looking at at a paper, it looks like we've gotten weaker. If let's say Sebas continues the way he played before we loaned him out you lose your your striker and Corey Baird um you're losing Caicedo if first glance we look weaker than the way we started last year after knowing what we know so um yeah I I think everyone's bought in if Ben can continue that success so I, I think um, the only counter to us looking weaker would be that we have more time to develop as a unit and we're still an overall fairly young team at certain positions so with extra time Maybe that's a blessing. Maybe we become even stronger because this team has such a strong locker room. And I, I think we overlooked that how important that is. It's important, but we are starting the season without Hedetta. I believe he was a huge reason for that locker being as strong as it was. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a huge blow, especially to start the season off because, you know, just first impression, everything started the season, you kind of set the tone. So that's going to be a huge miss. Um, speaking of starting the season, speaking of teams getting MLS, our guys are in Mexico um, for their preseason. Not much is we're not getting much information. Everything's being behind closed doors, which is fine. Um, but speaking of Liga MX, we got our groups today for Super League. What are your thoughts on us being with the same group as Real Salt Lake and Atlas? So with Real Salt Lake, man, we are starting to get enough games against them that at what point do we start to consider this a rivalry? Because we keep meeting them in big time moments. The best news is we've had their number. I mean, we've beaten them in the U S open cup. We've beaten them in the regular season. We've even beat them in the playoffs. So now this is another opportunity for us to take it to real salt Lake. They've gotten weaker with a lot of departures leaving from them. So I like our chances to advance out of group stage, how far we'll go. I mean, who knows how, how healthy will we be? But if, the team we start with today, even with Hector's injury, I still like our chances to get out of group stage. Yeah, I do too. Um, the only thing that like bums me out is what we talked about last episode. Like, man, it would have been so awesome to go to Guadalajara <laughs> yeah. and seeing the Dynamo play against Atlas at Atlas. Um, but, you know, we're not going to get that. And I still, <laughs> I feel like the Liga MX teams are going to come in weaker because of the travel and the scheduling, like Guadalajara is going to have to go. They're going, LS is going to have to go from Guadalajara to Real Salt Lake, then to Houston or which other way around. But not only are you dealing with the travel time, you're dealing with the altitude, you're dealing with temperature change. It's quite a bit for a team who's used to playing in a pretty steady climate in Mexico. <laughs> so um, I think, uh, yeah, strengths, uh, all, all the, the strength is going to be in our favor. Um, I think we're going to make it out of that group stage. As you said, we, we've had Salt Lake's number. Um, 
I just my whole thing was like I would have loved to have gone gone to Guadalajara to seen same to seen the Dynamo play over there. But again, with the way that whole thing is built, it's not going to happen. So. <laughs> yeah, give it you know hopefully with more money and time, this gets a bigger influx of cash. My idea too is I wonder if they should start picking just major host cities to to do this. Maybe they host half of it in Mexico and the other half in America and they sprinkle it out, you know, and, and, and make it more of a draw. I think the argument and pushback from fans would be, oh, there's not enough fan support to travel all this way. Y- you know, if, if, if you don't start somewhere, it's never going to get anywhere. And I think constantly keep putting these games on and telling people, hey, these are big matches and you're seeing nothing but empty stands behind you isn't a good look. I would rather the excuse of like, oh, you know, it's all the way in Las Vegas and I didn't want to buy a flight. So of course there's not that many people. I I know that sounds sad, but at this point we need to start thinking about PR and how we're growing this because I hate the perception that people have of this league when in reality it is growing to be a legit threat in this world. Not in terms of like, will it be on the stages of Europe and stuff? I don't think so. But in terms of it dominating this side of the market, I want to see that. Um, I mean, let's do a super early prediction. Do you think that game against Atlas sells out? No, uh, I, I think it gets a good crowd. But like, depending on what the team is, well, you know, I say no immediately and I shouldn't have done that. What, what I It needs to be where are we as a team? If we start off red hot and this team is just absolutely balling. Yeah, I think people are going to get behind it. With all the press that we've had lately about it, if we can continue this hot streak, sure. I don't think it will sell out, but I think we might have good crowds going forward, and that that's what we need. I guess my question was more so, does Houston have a good Atlas um, fan base that would that would come out and, and support? Because I think, who was it last year? Uh, last, did we get um, Leon, was it? Yeah. Right. And I don't think they yeah. did it. They had a huge fan base. I know Dallas got Nicoxa and um, I don't know, just like all teams. I, I don't know if they purposely do that because they know like Degas would sell out or Amedico would sell out and it wouldn't be, you know, I don't know if they purposely put the not so popular teams in the Houston market because um, an Atlas would do better in Houston than say a St. Louis, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but um, they also do I a terrible know, job of marketing this. Like, in, in reality, I think Lee's Cup kicks off in like eight days or something ridiculous like that, and no one has any idea. They they do not market this, not just in Houston, but I'm talking like Apple and MLS. They're they're really bad at that. Yeah, no, that's that's actually news to me. I've been so like lost with everything going on. <laughs> I, it's crazy that, I mean, even the season itself is about to kick off, and exactly, it just feels like just yesterday we were watching that LAFC match. So, <laughs> um. All right, Brandon. So while I've been out here, what else have I missed in the Dynamo front? Everything else now is us just kind of waiting on what are, what are, if we can sell anything. For the most part, it doesn't sound like anything's going to change. So now we just have to stay healthy. And if, if there are any sales, then, then awesome. But otherwise, I think we need to start getting our minds around that this is going to be the uh, this is going to be the squad.
Um, um, you got the experience. All right, well, let's let's move on to our balling around the globe. Uh, Brandon, what is your story from around the soccer world? Uh, so today we go to Germany, and like always, call or Jamal. I'll have questions for you, Jamal. When I say to you, what is a club that is a big name club, but I guess a disaster in terms of losing. They have prestige, prestige, but they don't really win anything, and they're constantly bottom of tables or standings. I want to say LA Galaxy, but they're not in Germany. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. But I'm going to take you to FC Schalke. Now, believe it or not, they were once a predominant Bundesliga team, but now they actually sit 15th in Bundesliga 2. And the reason why that's a big deal is if they get relegated to Bundesliga 3, they actually have to disband. And what I mean by that is they have such a massive debt, 165 million euro debt, that they can't apply for their licensing fee to stay in the league. So they will actually have to disband as a professional club and become an amateur club. Can you believe that? That's a massive club that is going to have to essentially be a club that is going to be you or me could try out for. <laughs> yeah, no, FC Schalke, that's, uh, that's where McKinney got his feet wet in yeah. soccer. So. Good thing he got out of there when he did, right? Um, yeah, no, that's not a that's not a that's not a a foreign concept. Uh, I know in the UK they call it going into administration, um, but that's crazy because it was no more than five six years ago. I was watching Schalke because of McKinney, and now the fact that they might get demoted to League Three and even disband that is it's crazy how fast things can go south. Like, and that's that's like that's the underbelly, right? Of promotion relegation like we talk about us if the dynamo would have been in that scenario we would have been disbanded a long time ago during those matt jordan years um luckily we still have a club um but yeah it, it shows just how quick things can go south and in the blink of an eye you can lose everything it's very unfortunate is there any any uh bright bright side to this story uh if they can just avoid relegation they can then have enough money to stay alive but they're going to need massive amount of essentially donations or some big spender to come in and swoop up the club because with that amount of debt, you're not going to really make any money. If if you love Wrexham so much, if anybody knows that, like if you stay below promotion and especially with their stadium, they have a massive, massive arena. And I don't think people realize like if you're not filling those seats, the cost of that is outrageous. And if they're continuing to lose, yeah, they're going to be disbanded. And you're exactly right. The, how you alluded to, if we had that here in America, I don't think Houston would still have a club. I think we would have disbanded. We would be now on the brink of, oh, hey, maybe we're going to next team up for, for uh, you know, getting a contract like how San Diego is coming in in 2025. So sad news, but also kind of crazy for those that maybe uh, just haven't been funding, following the Bundesliga very well and now have heard that and think like, man, I've played with them on FIFA and now they're going to be just some club that is a beer league softball team. Yeah, no, I mean, no, that's, I'm exactly <laughs> one of those guys. I, I did use them on FIFA <laughs> just because of McKinney and that is crazy to me, man. Um, well, my uh, ball around the globe, it's nothing too crazy. It was just something I thought that was kind of funny. So I come into, I come into Liverpool and um, it just kind of, I toured Anfield the day before Klopp announced he was out. <laughs> so I felt like a bad luck charm, but Coming in here, um, my Uber driver said, you need to go to Jurgens. You need to go to Jurgens. 
go check out Jurgens, and I'm just like, what that? Like, I thought it was like a tour, like go see his house from you know, like those Hollywood tour buses <laughs> where you can go see uh, celebrities' houses and stuff. Well, we're driving by, and I see a pub called Jurgens, and so of course, you know, I want to check it out. So I look it up, and um, it's a bar dedicated to Jurgen Klopp. So um, <laughs> if you come to Liverpool, um, check out Jurgens, and it is all Jurgen Klopp pictures, footage, him first coming to Liverpool. Um, and it just got me thinking, like, when is it that we're going to get Olsen's in in Edo <laughs> in Houston? Is that ever going to happen? Um, it's going to be a bar full of, full of disappointment, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just crazy. Like like I said again, like the the team is just so ingrained in people's culture, in the culture, and in just everyday life here that there's a bar called Jurgens that you can come check out and. And the the story goes when they were going to their Champions League final, he took the bus. They stopped at Jurgens before going to the airport. He got out, told the team to stay in the bus, and he got a quick beer. Got back into the bus. They went on to win uh, the Champions League that year. I don't know how true that who how true that is. I tried googling <laughs> it and looking it up, didn't find anything. But uh, pretty cool, pretty cool story, man. So I just had to share that that cool stuff. And hopefully, um, if I get some time, I'll edit the photos I took of it into this part. But, uh, but yeah, man, Jurgen's Jurgen's bar. Did you buy anything when you were at Anfield? Oh, too much, dude. Too much. <laughs> Don't even, I'm like nervous to look at my credit card information. I bought too much. I'm actually, I need to buy a new luggage to put all the stuff um, that I bought. Cause it's not going to fit in the luggage I brought. <laughs> I brought myself stuff. And then it was like, I just bought stuff for, People don't even care about soccer. Like my girlfriend's like family, like I think her uncle doesn't care too much for EPL, but I still got him like a Liverpool hat. I'm trying to like get them Liverpool fans, you know, and I'm trying to do the same thing here with like Dynamo stuff too. So Uh, that was your first time at Anfield, right? Yeah. Yeah. Overall impressions. Like, I mean, you've gotten the fortunability to compare it to like American stadiums. You know what I mean? Like, is there one that you can relate it to? Dude, I mean this in the, I mean this in the best way possible, in the most endearing way possible. But it's a dump. Like it's a dump. <laughs> it's tiny. It's not comfortable. Wow. Yeah, but again, like the charm of it is everyone coming together for the soccer. Like not because it's a beautiful stadium. It's a beautiful stand. Like, but is it like are the seats nice? Because like Wrigley Field is super old. And in theory, you could label that a dump, but no, not at all. Like if you've been in there, you see the charm and the history of all that comes together. It's like that kind of what it's like. No, <laughs> they're plastic seats. It's a plastic back rest and then a plastic oh, wow. bottom that like flips up and down. That's it. No armrests, no cup holders, nothing. Just plastic. You're sitting on plastic. It, um, is the again, concourse and I mean, nice? Like do they have anything? It's the most generic so thing. Like, yeah, no, they're just super generic concourses. Like, they it literally, it's a window that just has food written on top. That's it. <laughs> and there's nothing special. It's just hot dogs. The, like, meat, they call meat pies or, like, little pot pies. Um, and the beers, which you have to drink on the spot. You can't take them to the, sta- to the seat. They, they don't allow um, beer in the in the seated area. So um, the toilets were, like, the old, I don't know if you remember the old Astrodome urinals yeah. like a huge like sloth and you just like pee where it's just a bathtub dudes. yeah basically yeah so yeah. that's like, anybody that's been eight here. years old and had to go to the bathroom was scarred for life like Jesus. yeah yeah same here Your perfect eye level for just misery <laughs> yeah so um 
Yeah, totally. It's funny because I was on the opposite end of that. I was the grown up now, you know, and he's just like, <laughs> I saw a kid like behind me getting ready to go after me. And in my head, I was thinking, I was like, man, I was that kid once, like super intimidated. <laughs> Every um, time when my dad was like, you have to go to the bathroom. It's like, God, I do. But like, no, yeah. you know, like, I don't oh, think yeah. you understand. <laughs> yeah. So no, man. It, 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 uh, and again, I mean it in a charming way. Like it's a dump on the inside. And, I, and again, it's just us being so spoiled. Like last year <laughs> I came. And I saw, I went to Craven Cottage. I went to the Molyneux, Wolverhampton. And these British stadiums aren't that nice, man. And, um, but again, like you're not going there because, oh, I, dude, I saw Celtic. I saw, uh, I went to Glasgow. Oh, and I saw, I saw Celtic. that picture. And um, yeah, same thing. Like the, 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 the uh, turnstiles, I could barely fit in them. And I'm not like the biggest guy. Um, and you know, my girlfriend's petite and she struggled to get through them. Like, they don't care about comfort at all. Like it's coming. It's a place just for people to gather around and support their club. And again, I guess and that's leave. part of the appeal. That's what makes it so charming is that, like you said, like college sports, like people are there just, you know, because they've been um, ingrained with these teams. But um, unlike college sports, you know, Kyle Field is beautiful inside. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't, that's not really a thing here. Was it weird to sing you'll never walk alone in two different stadiums? They sing that at Celtic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the day before we went to that match, we did the tour, and one of the guys was from Liverpool, and he was just bashing um, Celtic for using You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, But they have a weird – that could have been my bone around the globe too. They have a weird history where um, Everton was the first club in Liverpool. Yeah. um, But then, you know, they created Liverpool. At first, nobody really wanted to play for Liverpool because Everton was – the original club so the owner of liverpool got a bunch of scottish dudes to come down and play for liverpool so liverpool was founded by an almost all scottish play team um and a lot of my uber drivers told me that liverpool and scotland have this weird like relationship where they kind of respect one another um so just the fanboy in me i couldn't sing you'll never walk alone inside of uh, <laughs> glasgow um, I saved it for for tonight, and I mean, I'm sure you'll hear it in the episode. My voice is shot to shit, but uh, but it was awesome, man. It was awesome. I had my I bought a Jurgen scarf just because of the uh, occasion, and uh, yeah, I was going a little nuts. That actually will uh, be sick in the background to have that too, because that's gonna be a nice momentum. Good call on buying that. I no, oh, I, I did look up that history because I remember playing FIFA, and they started seeing it, and I was like, did I? Because I was I was Celtic one season, like just leading them as a manager. And I was like, did I hit a setting where I changed like wherever they walk out, they sing this song? And I was so confused. And then so I looked it up and that's when I found the history behind it. And so pretty wild, man. So that's kind of a nice little connection there that you you have there and made it all perfect for yeah. you. I'm glad we got the win too, baby. 4-1. Oh, absolutely man, demolished them, babe. Demolished, man. It was great. And it was great it was because of Chelsea beat. and the whole thing with like Caicedo and this whole summer. So it was it was oh, awesome, dude. man. And um, also Bradley uh, putting in not only a sick cross, but a beautiful oh, goal. Yeah. Oh, dude. I was I was going nuts when he put it in. Uh dude, yeah, that guy, I don't think that guy's gonna have to pay for beers the rest the rest of the God. year. You they, know they you're young when them. you wear number eighty-four. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, before we wrap it up, we have our ball in or ball out. Um, let's let's hear today's topics and we'll wrap it so, up. So I made mine all very much Dynamo centric, and it's kind of be a little bit more predictions. So here's what I mean by like this: uh, ball in, ball out. Sebas will have over ten goals in league play. You ball in or ball out? 
over 10 goals in league play. Um, this is a fanboy in me making this call, but I'm balling. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think we talked about that locker room being established now, especially once Hedda comes back. I'm balling on, on Sebas having a, a, a strong year. I'm going to join you in that front. I'm really trying to talk myself into the fact that I think this is a bounce back year for him all the way around. I hope to God he was humbled throughout that experience and he comes back just willing to play because he is somebody that if he can get it going, we can make a lot of money off this guy. So we kind of need him to work out. So in this case, I am saying ball in because I am just hoping to God it happens. All right, Jamal, next one. Ball in, ball out. Clark, over 10 clean sheets in league play. He had 13 last year. Do you think he'll have over 10 this year? Just because our defense hasn't changed too much, um, I think that's still going to be the I feel I still think that's going to be the um, the the character of this team is built off of a strong defense. I'm going to say ball in on that, and not because of Clark's play, but more of that back line's play. So this one I kind of struggled with. At first, I wanted to say ball out because I think Clark is starting to get up there in age, and this might be the season where he starts to decline. I don't know. Uh, at some point, you got to age out. I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, I'm with you in the fact that this back line is huge and you've given them more time to gel. Svechenko is going to be there for a full season to really lead them. I, I could very much see this team just not allowing goals. Now, the other thing I think is Clark is getting up there in age. This gives an opportunity for Valdez to start playing. He is a homegrown player and he has been somebody for the Dominican Republic has been pretty solid. So. I would like to see him to start to get some more games. I think this is the only reason why Clark wouldn't reach over 10 is because he's splitting more time with Valdez. I hope that's the case because we do need a goalie here for the future. And hopefully he's that guy. So I'm going to say ball out on him having 10 cleat cheats because of the emergence of Valdez. That's my hope and prediction for that. All right, last one here. And this one's a big one here for you, Jamal. Ball in, ball out. Dynamo to win over one cup. On ball out. I don't have confidence in this team. I feel um, I, I, I I don't have confidence in them winning another cup again just because people know what to look out for. They know how Ben plays. They know what to expect with the club that we have. Um, and I just feel like the MLS got so much stronger. Miami got stronger. LA has gotten well. Boyanga's out, so I don't I don't know about LA specifically, but. Uh, Miami's going to be really, really scary, man. So I, I'm ball out on Dallas got stronger. I hate to admit that, but the striker <laughs> they got. Um, so I'm ball out just because of the competition level in MLS. I, so I, I, I'm selling Inter. I think they got older and they've got amazing quality. Don't get me wrong. World-class players. We all can say their names, but Suarez is running on burnt out knees. Messi is going to be playing a lot of games with League's Cup. And without him, we saw how terrible they were. So in terms of inner, I'm out on that. Now you're right. The rest of the league seemed to get better. And one club was the LA Galaxy. They have made tons of moves for players, including bringing in the Brazilian Peck as well. That will be a nice addition in my eyes for them. They could be scary. LAFC, They've made a couple. Bringing in Omar Campos for, uh, from Santos is a huge move. He's a star in the making, and that's a great piece. But Belonga's out. Vela doesn't seem he's in and out. I mean, depending on which story you read, he's either in or he's out 
one day or the next. So you can't really count on that. And I've mentioned this stat plenty of times, and I'm going to keep drilling this one. They accounted for 90% of their goals. So without those two, yikes, all you did was bring in a defender, and you don't really have anybody to account for who's going to be doing the goal scoring over there. Now, this is a season where I could see LA Galaxy and LAFC kind of having a flip-flop here where Galaxy starts to emerge and they don't. Sounders, they lost Loedo to Orlando. They're always good. They seem to just kind of refresh no matter what. We'll see what St. Louis does. The West, to me, is winnable. I, I see us being have an opportunity here. We're going to be one or two teams. We're either going to win one cup or we're going to be that team that makes deep runs in every single thing. Leagues Cup, U.S. Open Cup, and MLS League, uh, and MLS playoffs. And maybe we don't come away with anything. I just think that this team with more time to gel is something that could be special. And if we're not, yikes, we got to really start making some moves here. So Dynamo over one cup. I'm going to say ball in. I'm here for it. I, I, I don't disagree with you as far as making the long runs, especially because we're a team built on defense. And histor mm -hmm. historically, that those are the teams that are more successful the longer you go into the postseason. Uh, my only worry is that at the end when you know the cream rises to the top and you're playing the best of the best, that's I, – I just – if we get that Sebas that we think he can be, maybe, but I'm still, I'm not 100% sure on him. Emotionally, I want to be, but I, I still don't know yet. You're right. Sebas is the huge, huge question mark on this season. It, Herrera, it, when he comes back from injury, is he going to still be the same Hector of last season? That's also the two main things to look for this season in my eyes. Can Sebas return and can Hector still be Hector? If Hector's still Hector and Sebas is mediocre, We'll be okay. I mean, look how out and behind the scenes you were on Baird in terms of just him not being an overall striker. And if you think Sebas is a better striker, in your eyes, we upgraded there. And if that's the case, I looking at last season, I see this team having more time together as a benefit than adding a piece. Well, that's a good call, Brandon. Um I think that's it for this week's episode. I'll get everything wrapped up and hopefully we'll have it out by Thursday uh, morning or afternoon. Um, and then next week, back to regular scheduling. Um, back every Wednesday morning at 7.13 a.m. If yeah. you haven't figured that out yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, any, any uh, last words before we wrap things up? Now I'm excited for you to get uh, back over here stateside, man. Enjoy your bit of a stay and have a safe flight. And can't wait to see some pictures and some content online for our social for fans to see as well. Can't wait to utilize my uh, season tickets this year for the Dynamo too. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Get some more content uh, for the way we ball. Um, Hell yeah. So yeah, I guess that's it for this week's episode. I'm Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is the way we ball.